Hello and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, a Star Trek podcast. We are on episode 52. Woo! Nice. No, no, you're not going to woo Chris? Jake never woos. I refuse. Uh, I was going to say, uh, this is now if you don't, you know, if you exclude the 10 forwards and you only listen to one a week, we now have exactly a year of episodes. Is that right? Yeah, Wait, if you, two weeks if, a year. If you exclude the 10 forwards. Yeah. But that means our one year was a couple weeks ago. Now? Something like that, yeah. Like, yeah. But so, we, we so said as much on. Uh, oh, okay, good. I didn't remember us. Proper. I didn't remember us making that announcement. We did. It was during the motion picture. What a way to finish a year. Better than it being a random episode of the animated series. Better than oh, it being yeah. Star Trek Five. Mm. We are talking about the search for Spock. Ugh. Where is he? It's like a Where's Waldo book. It's like Where in the World is Carmen San Diego? Candid can, Carmen Spockiego. <laughs> candid camera. Candid camera rubbers it. Nope. In the world. Can, candid camera. Candid camera. Is uh, <laughs> what David claimed he was working for when he filmed Spock and Savick doing it. He totally did. So yeah, so search for Spock. Premise as quick as I can. I'm sure it won't be that quick because I can't do quick. Spock is dead. All hail Spock. <laughs> Spock put his engrams into <laughs> McCoy's brain piece. Nice call. Man. Nice. His sexy, sexy brain piece. Mm. So McCoy is going crazy town. Cuckoo bird. Cuckoo bird banana pants. <laughs> and we learned from Sarek that if Spock downloaded his brain effectively his final upload into mccoy he's got to get that out or mccoy's going to go crazy town and he has to use the corpse of spock for everything to work and they realize shit we left spock's corpse on genesis planet whoopsie doodle let's just go back and get it for some reason the federation is against them going and getting it because everything genesis related is taboo now i have thoughts Oh, yeah. So Kirk, against orders, decides, Welp, we're gonna do it anyway. We're like, risk court-martial and go obtain Spock's body so that we can take a file upload out of it, upload it back wherever it has to go, and de-Crazy McCoy. Even though Crazy McCoy is, like, the sexiest McCoy. They're all sexy, though. It's true. Meanwhile, on Genesis Planet, Savick and David have found that Spock's body has basically restarted itself and is rapidly aging back to adult. So they find a child that that's basically a, a blank version of Spock with no no brain and ability to do things other than kind of walk around and have fits. And eventually fuck. Eventually. So they realize, okay, we've got to save Spock. We've got to get off this planet because the planet is fucked over because David took a shortcut making the fucking Genesis device. The Klingons, however, have learned all of this and want Genesis device for themselves. They go down, they capture Savick, baby Spock, post-pon far age. And David, just as Kirk and crew have managed to bop their way out to Genesis Planet. And they meet up with Krug, played by Christopher Lloyd, who's a Klingon apparently now. And they still quite haven't fleshed out Klingons, but we're getting there, guys. Kirk and Krug battle it out to get the, the Genesis device. 
Or the Genesis information, which Kirk doesn't really have anyway, so I don't know what Krug wants. And which Krug already sort of has? What more does Krug need? Well, he has the video. He has the, he has the video telling him what Genesis is. Yeah, yeah but he, what does he think? That, like, Kirk just has the formula in his back pocket for how Genesis is made? Maybe he well, thinks he has access how to are the Babby database. Formed? I don't know. Ooh. See, when, when one Genesis planet really likes another Genesis planet... Armageddon. Oof, basically. Ooh. Fight to the death with Krug over Spock's body, because Spock has re-aged back to the same age he was as Leonard Nimoy, because that's Convenient. easy. It's convenient. That's easy for everybody. Krug dies horribly in a stupid lava pit after being kicked in <laughs> the a, face. <laughs> with an embarrassing cry as he falls. Oy! <laughs> Oy! <laughs> oh no. Uh, too soon. They all take Spock's body over to Vulcan to hang out with our high priestess, Talar, who agrees to take the Engrams out of McCoy and cram them back in the living but not, you know, mentally there. Spock's brain hole. Yeah, shove <laughs> it right up the brain hole. <clears throat> Alright, you're good. Yikes. It's like in... forcing a canned chicken into a bowling ball. The fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> Have you ever heard of canned chicken? I've heard of canned chicken. I've, heard, I've never heard of having to cram it places. Well, you put it into a bowling ball. Apparently. It's the best way to eat it. Anyway, success! <laughs> Spock lives. Spock has to kind of rehabilitate himself back to understanding what being a person is again. But McCoy's okay now. Everyone's happy. And Spock recognizes Jim as his friend. The end. Hooray! Well, not quite! Oh. <laughs> Right off the bat. Can we discuss yes. Spock's corpse? Okay. Sure. Did it transform into a baby? <laughs> well, it, What happened? It formed and reformed, right? I don't know. Yeah, that's weird. Like the, it's very weird. Like the, the, I would expect... They say that... It's nice that he folded up his, his burial robe nicely for yeah. everybody. So the explanation was that the Genesis caused Spock's cells to yeah. spontaneously regrow. Yeah. In that case, either there's going to be billions of little baby Spocks yeah, like, like <laughs> crammed see- into that torpedo shell. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Like, like we because see those microbes? Because each cell would transform into a Spock. Um, Holy shit. Or- That's a better movie. Yes. Just the search for Spock. That's the infinite Vulcan right there. <laughs> uh, uh, like that I was just, good. I don't understand what happened to dead Spock's corpse. Maybe those bugs ate it. Well, no, he, he was sell Well, because all the matter got re-whatevered, so his matter got re-whatevered too. Maybe? But why not the torpedo? The torpedo was fine. Inorganic. Well, yeah. We see, so we see all know, the I'm microbes. Just, there, there were microbes not, not on... GMO. <laughs> Microbes on the torpedo when it got shot away, and each of the microbes started like rapidly evolving into new and newer and differenter things. Like they start off as little ravioli creatures, they get into bigger ravioli creatures, mm. they get into these giant snake things. This is all within like a couple hours yeah. of, of themselves. So I'm also wondering, like, why is Spock just aging quick? Why isn't he also evolving into new fucking things? Because they really didn't think very hard about this script. Because Vulcan is the peak. Of evolution, and I'm there's also, nowhere else to go. I'm guessing that Sargon. the microbes have a much shorter life cycle. Mm. So they're going oh. through their life cycle, repeat, like, thousands of times over the course of those hours. Oh, that's brilliant. Okay, I like that. I like that one. You know what I don't like? 
What don't you like? This movie? Anything. So <laughs> McCoy in this movie is fucking amazing. Fair and enough. Everything else is shit. Here's what and Sulu's fine. I was gonna say to K also. I was yeah, just Sulu's gonna say got don't. A sweet cake. Here's what gets. And I just. Line. I mean, I got a yeah. lot of problems, so I'll try to go in order and make it quick. Problem one: How the fuck long is it supposed to have been between the end of two and the start of three? Five minutes. I have no idea. That's what I mean. Like, it seems like it's only been a very short amount of time, but apparently, in that time. There's already been a whole big hullabaloo about the Genesis planet, enough that, like, they're having laws they've got to rewrite. Everyone knows about it, but everyone also knows it's an open secret. Like, so much has happened in apparently no time at all. They've completely redesigned the phasers. Uhura got her hair redone. Uh, what the fuck else? She's just fabulous. They, She's gotta do that. Sa- Savick got transferred to the Grissom. Yeah, along Savick's with David. Savick's whole face changed. Yeah. Carol yeah. Marcus died. Apparently. Just, did she died? No, no, she's just not there without any Oh, oh I thought, I was gonna say, I was like, did I miss that? She we ceased never, to exist. We never mentioned Khan again. No, no, no. And imagine everyone imagine knows about Genesis. the super evolved Khan now that's living in the center of the Genesis planet. Yes, he's just so, controlling the planet. He's the one taking it down. With that's his actually pecs. with his pecs. Boom, boom. When I was a kid, I kind of always wondered if that was the case. Mm. I always imagined like Khan had actually been evolved by Genesis, and part of the reason the planet suddenly starts to collapse so rapidly is because he knows Kirk is there. Mm. And he's punching his way out of the planet to kill Kirk. And then yeah. he moves to the center, of the, the center of the galaxy and starts telling people that he's God. Even better. Like in Guardians of the Galaxy 2? No. Like in 5. Like in Star Trek 5. Shit. But yeah, no, when I, was, when I was a kid, that was my headcanon. That like some a, aspect of Khan was in there to explain why the planet went from like kind of falling apart to, oh shit, it's all volcanoes, as you said. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. My headcanon is one of those cool ones from the Revolutionary <laughs> War that they used on ships. <laughs> uh, what's another problem I have? Oh god, it was, I, well yeah, it was related to the whole, the whole David Marcus thing. You'd suddenly think he was the lone scientist on this project because he somehow, Star Trek II, it was like a Genesis team. Mm-hmm. It was his mother, it was him, it was a bunch of other people. You know, and not They're just all people, dead now. Not even just them though, because she even mentioned in 2 at one point that they waited to do this while everyone was on leave. So there were a bunch of people that weren't there. Like a shitload of people worked on this, but somehow... Even though it was David's mother's project, not his, he secretly slipped in some proto-matter. And no one else noticed? How do we know he didn't just kill everybody to keep his secret hidden? Mm, maybe he was working with Khan the whole time. Could be. Yes. Or maybe everyone else just okayed it and said, if it'll make it work, go ahead. But that just doesn't seem like... I mean, the way... Sa- and it comes the fuck out of nowhere. Savick gets all high in mud. Well, that's Vulcan of her. But, you know, it's like all of a sudden, it's this thing that's like every ethical scientist... It's like, why? What is wrong with proto-matter? All we know is what we see in this, but... Ugh, I don't know. None of this makes sense. It's a terrible film. Well, so how everybody knows about it so quickly and how it got taken care of so quickly? 24-hour news cycle. But, like, to the nth degree, because the news is getting shot right into your brain box, probably, in the Five future. Five-minute news cycle. Yeah. So that's one. Two, they probably moved really quickly, because even though they probably didn't know, like, about the proto-matter, they probably realized pretty quickly the implications of what they had created, and were like, fuck, we really need to lock it down before some Snoopy Klingons beam down there and figure out how to replicate what we did. I feel like they could have some kind of Starfleet state of emergency type situation where they're allowed to just be like, nope, you can't fucking go there, don't go there. I mean, I guess, not to defend this movie, but they knew Marcus was working on the Genesis Project. They knew it was going to get used one day. It just got used 
unexpectedly. So there may have been protocols in place, I guess. Yeah, it's some Area 51 cleanup shit. But again, how does the whole of the galaxy, well, the whole of the Alpha Quadrant, find out about it? It's like the worst kept secret in space. Yeah, I mean, the first thing we see in maybe, the movie... Maybe Roddenberry leaked it to the whole quadrant. <laughs> well, sorry, about that. Sorry, okay. Roddenberry does a lot of leaking, but there's other stuff he leaked in this movie. Oh. Wow. Golden showers? Yeah. No, so we see the, the Klingons have basically extorted information out of some little Federation freighter ship that gets blown up in, like, one of the first scenes yeah. that where, they, where they learn about Genesis device because the guy was, I don't know, getting kickbacks. Mm. Well, I don't know how that guy found out about it himself. Why well, she just said? I thought she they were just her transport. Yeah, I, I she said she bought the information from somewhere. Oh. Yeah, well, some crooked fucking admiral somewhere. We know how shifty those admirals. It was probably are. Commander Starfleet. I was about to say that Commander Starfleet, that son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, about the timing though, it did it did occur to me though that it could have been a, it could have been longer. It could have been a couple of weeks or months. Yeah, because I would give it at least weeks because. They probably had to... The Enterprise was so fucked up that they probably had to go into a, into a dock, you know, to get fixed up a little bit. And that's probably where they... Well, because A, they had to go to SETI Alpha 5 and pick up the crew of the Reliant. Yeah. Smart. And pick the, up that other, those other uh, SETI eels, mm-hmm. you know, with them. Uh, as far as we know, the crew of the Each Reliant crew. is not on the Enterprise at the beginning of 3. So they must have picked up the crew of the Reliant and then dropped them off somewhere. And most of their trainees, Kirk said. Well, most of the trainees and well, Marcus Earth, and right? Savick. Well, we don't know that. I mean, at the beginning of this movie, they're arriving at Earth. That's what I meant, the Enterprise crew. Yeah, so okay. it could have just been that they were staying over someplace while the Enterprise got fixed up enough to have to return to Earth. And then they returned to Earth, and that could have taken a few weeks. you think they'd have at least scrubbed the burn damage out of the bridge, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, they fix it up, though, you know? They at least, like, put the consoles back together. And yeah. Kirk got the blood off of his shirt. <laughs> Finally. Poor um, Preston. Yeah, I, yeah. It still, though, doesn't explain why there's suddenly a whole new phaser. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which well, are, frankly, the, ugly. The handheld phaser was Oh, different. well, so they was, um, they've always had those. They had completely different ones in the last yeah, movie. Yeah, no, they've always had them. They, they had them as backup. They had them in their locker. They hadn't even used them up before. Yeah. The other ones are better because they're newer models, but the new models are actually really old models, and they keep them in reserve just in case. Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Not me. Oh, by the way, speaking of something we were talking about last week, I figured out why Khan wears the glove. Oh. Because his hand was horribly burned from a, from getting battery acid on it from when he crushed a phaser with his hand. <laughs> <laughs> Did it actually happen? No. No, I meant the crushing of phaser. He did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He crushed, remember he crushed Yeah, so that's phaser. probably what it is. That's, the, that's, his, that's his reason. And like he was just playing other. tough guy and pretending like he hadn't hurt himself. Yeah. I thought he just really liked Thriller. Mm. Who doesn't? Anywho. Uh, so yeah, I think it could have been a little bit like longer. Thriller ambivalent. I like Thriller. I it could it. have been. Although it also seems weird that like... You think rather than letting them limp back to Earth with the barely reconstructed Enterprise, they'd be, just tell them there, like, hey, we're decommissioning this, we'll send you home on a different ship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, they send the Grissom out there to drop the science team out, so they're, they've been sending more ships out there. Yeah, so it's, I don't know. Uh, Commander Starfleet wanted to rub that salt in the wound personally. 
What I call, just call him Commander Starship. I meant Commander, no, you said Commander, oh, Commander Starfleet. Should we explain Con- Commander Starfleet since <laughs> it's just an in-joke that makes no sense? You no, know, it makes sense if you've watched the movie. There's the guy, the, the admiral, that basically tells the, they, the crew that the ship's being de- decommissioned. Later he goes, I'm Commander Starfleet. Yeah. And he so identifies himself as Commander Starfleet. And they did say his name briefly, like, yes. uh, over the comm, when he, before he shows up, they say, oh, Admiral What's-His-Nuts will be here to debrief or something. Commander Starfleet will but be here. But it's easy to miss, so we just ended up thinking of him as Commander Starfleet. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great name, and we decided that Starfleet is actually named after his family, and they founded it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Starfleet used to be a... It was like a shipping company. Yeah, it used to be... They used to run boats. Yeah. Yeah. It was it the Planet so, Express ship. They were doing deliveries. Yeah, I was just going to say that. <laughs> oh, this movie. This movie. It is mm. a disjointed mess. Could, it could have been worse. Apparently, Rod, as I mentioned, Roddenberry tried to leak that the Enterprise gets destroyed. Jesus Even Christ, Even though it was Gene. in the fucking yeah. trailer. But the trailer didn't yeah. get enough job of that. That's why they're like, fuck you, Gene. We'll leak it first. No, no, he no, he leaked it way, way early. No, no. Tried tried to do the same thing he did during Wrath of Khan to get to get all the fans in an uproar. What an absolute shitlord. I know, he's a little turd sometimes. He's but a big uh, but like, turd sometimes, too. Everyone on, on the project just said, ignore it. Who cares? It, we, we know how to make movies. We proved it with Wrath of Khan. Ooh. They're going to eat those words. Yes. <laughs> there were some good elements in this. Everything McCoy touched in this movie was gold. Mm. I mean, listen. Here's the thing. Star Trek V is terrible. You know who's still good? McCoy. Always. <laughs> McCoy being good does not... That has nothing to do with the movie he's in. McCoy okay. is always glorious. McCoy was good. Uh, they brought back James Warner to do the music. Oh, so George the music was good. cape was great. Yeah, like the, the civilian costumes were a mixed bag, actually. Oh, God, Chekhov's were bad. Chekhov's were bad. Shatner looked like he was wearing, like, a hospital gown with a lounge coat. And a tracksuit. Oh, I missed, yes, there was the tracksuit well, as well. I remember when it was a hospital gown, he wears that He wears that pretty much all through the next movie. He does. <laughs> and, you know, I remember when I was a kid, my father saying, it's almost like to design Shatner's shirt, his, like, the main shirt he wears for most of the movie, it's like they took a frilly shirt but cut the frills off. Mm. So all you've got is this weird scalloping. And then he's got the matching, like, scalloped belt buckle. He's yeah, got two belts that. on, by the way. He's got a belt for his jacket, but then his pants also have a belt. Mm. I mean, jackets can have belts. I have jackets with belts. Yeah, but I mean, his is like... It's weird, though, that it's like he's got both. Because it's not like... It's not like an overcoat. Because at one point he has an overcoat over that coat. Holy like, shit, three belts. <laughs> I just don't Actually, understand yeah. how and they, they never changed clothes during this movie, really. Yeah. You know, they were on the ship, so they all had quarters on the ship. Mm. So, like, Shatner could have gone into his quarters and... But the ship was decommissioned. Did they take everything out? Yeah, they probably out? took all their stuff out. You think so? Yeah. And they left everything else? Listen, they, they were busy the whole time Didn't Kirk change. change, like, twice, though? Well, yeah, he he changed, but, like, Takei... At the at the oh, at the at the toast, That's he's true. wearing his weird kimono thing, and then he's still wearing his weird kimono thing throughout the rest of the Listen, movie. Listen, he just they're not great cake. He put a coat on. They're not well paid, okay? I do kind of like Chekhov that. only owns that one suit, mm. and clearly at some point the people making the movie realized that the collar was fucking asinine because it disappeared <laughs> on Chekhov. Yeah, he had mm. that weird little like fucking. Five-year-old in the 1800s collar. I know. It looked like he was like, going to get a shave, and they like put a bib around. Yeah, and then just suddenly it was gone, and he just had a black turtleneck. That's better. They they dressed him so poorly. 
Poor Chekhov. And then the fucking, one of you was aghast by them, but it's true, like, the uniforms of the guards at that little Starfleet prison McCoy was in. Yeah. With the guy who was antagonistic for no reason. Mm -hmm. Like, he didn't know they were about to try a jailbreak. He just decided to be a dick to Sulu. What an asshole. Well, that's why I think he's the the buttercup guy from from Star Trek 2009. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, the one in the bar. That's what you were talking about. The one who starts the fight in the bar. I didn't make understand who you were talking about at first. Yeah, cupcake. Cupcake. Delicious. Takei kind of starts it, though. Because the guy yawns and he kind of snarks at him. Like, oh, they're keeping you busy. But it's, I mean, it's an out-of-proportion reaction. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, You know, to be like, oh, yeah, look at how tall I am. And also, Europe. it's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mustache. <laughs> Do you know who the fuck that is? That is goddamn Hikaru Sulu, the navigator of the USS Enterprise. You're some chuckle fuck who was so bad at the academy, they stuck you on some kind of Earth-based prison as a guard. Shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down. You know, he's basically the TSA of Star Trek. Yeah, mm. and he rightly gets his ass kicked. Yeah. Sulu Don't call me tiny. Sulu apparently hated that they called him Tiny in the script and, like, fought it fought it and said, like, Nimoy, I don't think you should call me Tiny. Like, that's not something the audience is going to react to. Like, like, they don't think of me as a small person. They think of me as a big character. Mm. And then he watched the screening and the, the audience fucking cheered when the end, at the end when he says, don't call me Tiny. And he goes back and says, I'm going to eat my words. And they're delicious. Mm. <laughs> well, it helps that the guy was 19 feet tall. He wasn't Or at least tall. standing on a box. He did not look that tall. Yeah, I think it was just the camera. They did their yeah, best to make How tall is Takei? He never struck me as terribly short. Me either, but... Yeah. Alright, wait, I'm gonna ask the intro. But that was a big Dear galoot, intern. so, you know. Yeah, that's... Like, everyone seems tiny to him, because in his mind, he's a fucking giant. Who? That asshole that insulted him. So, Uhura's co-worker... Mr. Adventure. Mr. Adventure. He's actually credited as such. In the really? Credits. Yeah, he's like, you know, Bill Smith or whatever as Mr. Adventure. What? The guy, the transporter operator. Yeah, no, but why is he called Mr. Because he talks he about how he wants adventure in his life. And she says, I'll have Mr. Adventure eating out of my hands at mm. one point. But what I don't understand, because he makes a very good point. How did Uhura get that job? Obviously, she took the job specifically so she could help with this hijacking yeah but did she just call Starfleet like yeah I have you know 20 years experience as you know I'm a command a commander rank and I want to work in the transporter room I wonder if I wonder if she like hacked a computer and like entered herself as that position I like that idea because it's way more interesting that's way more interesting than her just getting assigned to the transporter room her going through interview processes to like having to go to you know and what you know can you explain your resume to me well you see for many years I was a communications officer on the Enterprise and you might have heard of us Mm -hmm. Uh, George K George K is only 5 foot 6 which I never would have guessed wow so I can understand why he'd be pissy about being called tiny. That's fair. I mean, that's not tiny, tiny. Though. Uh, for a guy, it's pretty short. I mean, I'm five five. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, that's the thing. I suppose if it's a really undesirable position, if somebody with twenty years experience bids for it, it's like I, we can't technically say no. Mm. I do prefer the hacked herself in though, just because it makes her way more interesting. Yeah. When she locks that dippy kid in the closet, <laughs> the first thing I'm thinking of shouldn't she like take his Taking his communicator and stuff. Presumably, if you're on like an Earth base, you don't necessarily you don't have, have it one? with you. I don't know. This is proof that Uhura is a dom. Mm. By the way, yeah, that's true. Yeah, just your, like your, your story. Get in the closet. <laughs> um, mustaches. 
No, lots, lots of mustaches. Lots of mustaches. Was, Some was, funny batons, too. Well, yeah, I mean, there's Captain Fancy Baton Captain with his Fancy mustache. Baton. Commander Starfleet. Commander Starfleet. That guy from Starfleet. What was he, Starfleet Security? He wasn't the guy that arrested The guy that arrested McCoy. Yeah. Don't call me Tiny. Um, Don't call me Tiny, yeah. Scotty, obviously. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is the mustache. Yeah. I mean, you know what it was? James Doohan is Scotty, the mustache. Scotty started wearing a mustache, and suddenly half of Starfleet had grown out mustaches. <laughs> His DNA has little mustaches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> His little sperms have mustaches? Ooh. Them too. Them too. Little swimmers with little mustaches. That's uh, why he doesn't have kids. <laughs> yikes. Um, True. I'm sure if we looked in the background of their right. little bar scene, there'd be some mustaches there. Yeah. Klingon's rocking some. The not most Eisley cantina? Mustaches. Yeah. No, the not most Eisley Cantina is Star Trek Five. The most, the most likely Cantina. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, God, what the that fuck? Alien that guy. guy. Like, why did he sound like Yoda but not good, and look like a fucking grouper but also not good? I detested his makeup. I don't like anything about him. I fucking hated him all the way through, all the way down. Shit. It's just really off-putting for me because they clearly put a fake lip in front of his real bottom lip. And you could always see his real bottom lip touching his upper lip. So Is that what they did? He had like I thought a double just, lip going on, and it was very I disturbing. thought they just colored part of his lip black. No, because they colored the inner one, too. It's, it's it really bad. distracting. Whatever it was, it. It I've always terrible. hated it. I didn't even see, I didn't even watch the lips at all. I was busy watching all the holes in the ears. Oh, yeah, those, those are disturbing. Oh, I like that. I liked the gap in his teeth. As a, as a member of the gap-toothed people, I was mm. pleased, but I wish they would have given it to someone who didn't suck so much. Yeah, like I said, he looked like Captain Picard's fish. Yeah. No, he looked like he looked like the fish monster in Bioshock 2. Mm. Remember? No. You remember there being... Or is it a frog monster? Some kind of fishy monster in Bioshock 2. The guy that, like, turns himself into... Oh, you never get a good look at him, though. Yeah, well, that's what I imagine he looks like, then. Um, <laughs> in my head canon, that's what he looks like. Eh, that's a 1776 revolutionary canon, by the way. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, other uh, things about this movie. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is Krug. Now, here's the thing. On one hand, I might argue that... You know, or it may be argued that Christopher Lloyd is somewhat miscast as Krug. But I would counter that, A, this is before Back to the Future. Definitely. Yep. Therefore, like, our association with Chris, uh, for Christopher Lloyd is Doc Brown. So it's hard to see Doc, to see him doing anything and not think Doc Brown. Yeah. Well, Doc see, Brown I think or... Nasty. I haven't seen that, actually. What? I know. You've never seen it? I, I saw. We watched it together. I've seen it. I saw a stage production once. I've never seen the movie. I could have sworn that I watched it with you. Nope. Who the fuck did I watch it with? I don't know. Oh, well, but yeah, most people it. our age, he's either Doc Brown or Judge Doom. That's true. Yeah, Judge Doom. And of course, uh, I mean, at this time, the thing he's probably would have been most recognized from is Taxi or Cuckoo's Nest, or which Coo- I had well, forgotten he was in. But again, I don't. Know, I feel like that was much earlier, though, wasn't it? Uh, but yeah, no, you're right. But was I, I mean, Jim. like, yeah, because Taxi was on TV at this time. I think, right? Maybe. Yes. Um, so. Was Taxi still was, on in the mid '80s? Was it still on? I associate the Taxi with being like older than that. It was like more 70, older. 77 through eighty-five or something. Well, let me, I have no let me idea. find out. I have no idea. It lasted a while, and he didn't become a regular until late in the series. So. Taxi was seventy-eight to eighty-three. So he would have just okay, finished so his just, run. Just ended, and, and he would have just gotten off being Reverend Jim on the regular. This was eighty-four. Yeah. 
And One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest was 1975. So yeah, it was a little ways before. But so anyway, so like, I feel like part of the reason why we don't see him well in this role is because we associate him with Doc Brown or Judge Doom. I mean, don't go wrong. I still love him in the role. Or Uncle Fester. Or Uncle Fester. I don't love him in the role. And I also think that a lot of the things that he does, mannerisms, things he says, his intonation in his speech ultimately is the blueprint for what Klingons will become. So I have to I have to tip my hat to that. Having said that, I can't help but wonder what other actors from Taxi were considered for the role. <laughs> because Danny DeVito <laughs> as Krug is absolutely something I need to have in my life. Oh, he's so teeny tiny. Do we- do you want to know who Nimoy actually wanted for the role, but was <gasps> but was declined? Can you no. give us a hint? Or, or what the, the producers uh, refused? Can you give us a hint? Edward James Olmos. That is not a hint. That is that is the really? answer. I don't give hints. Also, I don't know what hint I would have given for you. That's interesting. I don't know if I Wonder know what, that why is. Why did they he was in Blade Because he's too small. Oh. He's, uh, he was also uh, Commander Dama on Battlestar. I haven't seen it. Yeah, he's one of the, the main guys in Battlestar. He has... He's like a gruff-looking man. Oh, Blade Runner. Was he the guy with like the scar? Well, he, he's the yeah, he has like his pock marks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The one with the hat makes the little origami shit. Yeah, yeah, the origami. That's it. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. That would have been weird. I don't know. I can kind of see that working though. It just what you like you said though. Like considering this laid the groundwork for Klingons in a lot of ways, it would have been a very different performance, mm. and Klingons would have gone in a very different direction. Yeah, possibly. Because what Lloyd clearly did was realized he was in a terrible B-movie, and he just was like, fuck it, I'm going to choose some scenery. Mm. And it's great. He just throws himself into it head first, and it's completely I, ridiculous. I don't think it's... Cause I, don't, I, don't, I don't consider the Klingons as people who can be ridiculous. They are... In death, they are, everything they do is ridiculous. Now, everything is doing, well, well, to you, everything they do is ridiculous. To them, they don't consider themselves ridiculous. They are the most, like, honorable, violent people like, that exist. They, they, there was a, a line in Wrath of Khan where they say, Klingons don't take prisoners. And the first thing crew wants to do is take prisoners. And you're like, what mm. the fucking fuck? Um, this actually made me think about earlier, remember earlier, we were talking about how I mistook the Punisher logo for being Reaper, mm. and you sort of made the distinction of, like, the Punisher takes himself seriously and Reaper doesn't. I feel like that's how... Well, like, Reaper takes himself seriously, but the game doesn't. Right, and I kind of feel like that's how Christopher Lloyd's Klingon came off, mm-hmm. as, like, not being taken seriously in the film either. Like Ames was saying, it just doesn't, it doesn't really feel like a good fit. I mean, they still... Like I said, I think they're still working towards what the Klingons are. I mean... Compared... The Klingons, they, they're gonna they're gonna stab Savick in the back. Yeah, that does not sound like Klingon behavior. But it does sound like a TOS Klingon. Well, again, true. Yeah, true. and the other thing too, it was it wasn't like stabbing in the back in the sense of like I snuck up on my opponent and stabbed them in the back. It was specifically an execution. Plus, good point. if you wanted to say, you know, if they're all obsessed with honor, they don't think of these as honorable prisoners. Right, they don't deserve a, a to the face death. I think they would think that. Maybe. I don't know. Again, this is also because they're in this... They don't get, as far as I know, like quite as obsessed with honor until TNG. Yeah. And they start to give them more of a culture than just the villains. Yeah, the the kind of violent guys with 
brownish skin. Yeah. Well, he did have an awesome puppy dog, though. Oh, poor puppy. The weird lizard dog. Yeah, the internet tells me that uh, the puppy's name is Fifi Rebozo. That can't be right. There's no way a Klingon named its dog Fifi. Maybe, I think they may have just called it that on the set, but that's what the puppy's name was. Fifi Rebozo. And it, why do I know that name? What? Keep going. Oh, okay. Um, well, I'll say this. Was it a Targ? It's a Targ. Because that's that's the pet that Worf had as a child. I do not know. That's why I know the name. Charles Gregory Bebe Rebozo was a Florida banker and businessman who became famous for being a friend and confidant of President Richard Nixon. Oh. Ha! So that's fucking why he was nerd. Fifi. Fifi. That's fucking wonderful. That's great. <laughs> Does that mean he was trying to make Krug Nixon? I'm very confused. Well, that would explain why he was so ridiculous. Mm. I mean, Lloyd's voice <laughs> Chris just... is kind of like a caricature Nixon voice sometimes. Chris has a fucking Nixon boner right now. Do you I, see? Do you see I how he can't it. deal? I just the love the move. idea of, of the... Oh, I hope that was the reason. Nixon is a Klingon. Mm. My God. So we're not sure how we think about the Klingons yet. We have a new Savic, too, which I have even uh... less esteem for. <laughs> Sorry, Robin, whatever Curtis. you're... Curtis. Curtis. You're more like... Shit, Curtis. <laughs> you know, I think... <laughs> that was very clever, <laughs> I thought about that one for hours. <laughs> considering the script she was working with. This is true. Considering she was brought in, probably... Like, why was she brought in? Did you say they Kirst- didn't want to pay Kirstie Alley? Or Kirst- Kirstie Alley didn't want to do it? She read Kirst- the script. Well, no. What I, what I read was... Uh, Kirstie Alley says she was she was offered the same as she was offered on Wrath of Khan and wanted more. And they said and what Nimoy says was we couldn't afford her. Mm. So some somewhere so it like somewhere she wanted to raise the money, and they the money didn't give it to her. They couldn't give it to her. Yeah. Fucking Michelle Nichols was probably still getting paid when she was paid on the show. I don't know if fucking yeah. Kirstie Alley gets off. Well, Michelle well, Nichols was in like thirty seconds of the movie, so yeah, yeah, but and still got fucking her entire pay. Right? See, I think this is where we're gonna disagree. I actually preferred Robin What's Her Name oh, to Kirstie God, Alley. Really? I thought her look was better. I thought her look was better suited. The too. look was fine. The reading of every line, like I understand that trying to be a Vulcan and trying to like wipe the emotion from your voice you know is very hit or miss like mm. you either sound like a bad actor or you sound like a vulcan and she sounded like a bad actor i don't know i didn't think kirstie alley was doing that much better See, i of think kirstie alley was I, I don't know i really liked her performance you know it was like the fact that she was somewhat emotional kirstie alley well, that the, yeah that's true but that makes me wonder if what's her name was getting different direction because Maybe. i didn't get the impression that she was being even trying to be at all emotional but that's the thing like i wish it's that, like that apples that, and I, I wish that the actor had studied kirstie alley's performance more oh and... that's offensive to actors everywhere why what do you mean oh go be this actor that we're replacing yeah, with. Go be this character. if you're hired to play a character i don't know played by another actor, i don't know I think do you think Darren the Second was told to study the moves of Darren the First? Absolutely, I doubt it. I think if you're being called in as an actor specifically to replace another actor, part of the job is is replicating that performance to an extent. You're an actor, weigh in. I've never been called in to replace someone like that with an established role. Like I you're don't not know what necessarily the replicating is. the performance either, but. Replicating the character, at least. Yeah, like, I agree. the same traits. I agree that they should have said, like, all right, 
you're young, so you're still not quite as good at reining in your emotions. Or maybe they finally mention, oh, P.S., she's apparently half Romulan, mm. which you mentioned last week was supposed to be a thing, but it never made it. What I will give Robin Curtis is she did let them do more to her eyebrows. Yeah. That's one thing I meant to mention last week and forgot is, like, they clearly didn't really do anything to Kirstie Alley's eyebrows. Mm. Like, it seems like they maybe plucked out a little to give them an arch, but they still angled back that Like, they look like human eyebrows. Mm. Hmm. Well, here's my here's my other question. If they knew, you know, Kirstie Alley's not coming back, we still want, you know, another Vulcan character to hang out with baby Spock. Why not just write a new fucking character? That's what I'm thinking. Obviously, it's not the same character. Mm. So if they didn't her, if they and, didn't want her to replicate Kirstie Alley's performance, then they should have just made it a different character. Yeah. yeah. And really, the only reason it has to be a Vulcan is so that she can plow baby Spock. Like... Well, there's no other reason to be a Vulcan. I guess they wow, wanted baby Spock. <laughs> and considering he was her mentor, that just makes it extra weird. I feel like it takes away from the character. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's, which it's character? T- it's him or her? Weird. Her. Both of them, I guess. But well, yeah, she exists in this fucking movie just to be his fuck thing. Yeah, like she's already been minimized. I and mean, I know yeah. it's not like it's not in the highly sexualized way you would necessarily assume. She's not wearing, like, skimpy, like, lingerie, and you don't see anything beyond a little finger fondling. Yeah, no, we don't get Yeah, you like that, Abe? That that actually is how Vulcans have sex, which is why when uh, Sarek and Amanda hold hands like that, they're, like, really, like, oh, we're doing it. They're basically, (laughs) like, cupping each other's genitals in public. Yep. Well, I mean, Amanda has I was going to say, but that's not how humans have sex, so for her, it's nothing. For him, it's just... Well, you know, she's got... Vibrator. Yeah, we we don't we don't get full on eroticized Vulcans until Enterprise. Mm. But my point is just that, like you know, she sort of already is like her sole purpose. Yeah, no, you're right. Is really just like yeah. a vessel, a Ponfar vessel, and I yeah. don't really feel like. But you're right. I mean, in in that case, why not just have it be Vulcan woman number two? Well, because then, I mean, again, this film does not care about aesthetic continuity. You know, the equipment completely changed, some mm-hmm. other things completely changed. Fuck it, Savick can completely change, but it's still technically Savick. The wow. tricorders completely changed. Like, they look more like they did in the original series now, but in the last movie, they looked completely different. Mm. So, uh, yeah. Um, what do you got, Ames, on your list? You got a lot oh of stuff. God, I got a yeah. lot of stuff. Uh, well, let's start with, with some things that were cut from the original script, because they're always fun. Oh, dear. The original script, which, is, which was called Return to Genesis at its first draft. I wonder what that's about. Had Romulans <laughs> mining the Genesis planet until feral proto-Spock started killing them off. Why didn't they do that? I don't know. It that sounds better. way better. Feral proto-Spock. That sounds and terrible. It sounds fucking amazing. And also the Vulcans were threatening to leave the Federation because of the Genesis device. Because it's so destructive and it's so against their But principles. Spock was totally down with it until... Okay. He's half human. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> so at no point were they going to do my idea of no. transferring Spock's brain into Savick. Savick. God. Anything else they cut? Not, not off the top of my head. <laughs> Apparently Spock's hair, fingernails, and facial hair while he was growing up on the planet at the oh, speed of light. Oh, yeah, you said that, Jake, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, I noticed he, like... Well, but then I was thinking... So I, I noted that he didn't have a beard. Mm-hmm. Although he clearly had a five o'clock shadow. Yeah. But that's just because Leonard Nimoy 
is a hairy man. But <laughs> I wow. wonder if can't can Vulcans. But I can't act. That's the thing. I can't actually remember any time we've seen a. Vulcan oh wait, yes, like, they can grow facial hair. Well, at least in Mirror, Mirror Universe. Oh yeah, Mirror Universe Spock did have a rug. That's and right. Mirror Universe from Enterprise will also have a goatee. Yeah. Can't remember his is name. Paul. <laughs> no, she uh, doesn't shave something else. Oh my! <laughs> oh my! Much too that's, chagrin. That's very Chiffron. blue of you. <laughs> Chris doesn't usually go for the. the but yeah, so I, I was thinking the same thing, Jake. But as soon as we start, it's like, wait a minute, mirror universe. That's right. Although and, maybe maybe in the mirror universe, Vulcans can grow facial hair. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like the timeline didn't split early enough for evolution maybe. to be that drastically different. So yeah, so uh, okay, okay. Well, let's let's switch, change tracks. David Marcus. Dies and no one gives a shit. Stupidly, stupidly, lamely, and I was thinking, I was watching the scene, and I'm thinking to myself, like, why don't I feel anything for this? This is probably supposed to be like a big deal. It's a big deal to Kirk. It's supposed to be, you know, his. It's his son. Because it's not earned. It's not earned. There's no and there's no emotion to it. There's no music playing underneath to nope. tell you how to feel. Well, look, look at this way. This movie, there's no music during the fight with Krug at the end to no. tell you how to feel. This movie was a trade because. They traded Spock for David Marcus and the ship. That, <laughs> that was that's really what this movie was. There we go. It was about taking. I mean, that's literally what Sarek says. Yeah. 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 Like, okay, we're taking take the ship, which is you know, people are attached to the ship, and David Marcus, who Kirk likes, and you know, still gives Met Kirk once. something to be sad about. But we get Spock back, so yay! I mean, I think the problem is we spend a lot of two. You know, not even sure if he knows Kirk is his old man. Mm -hmm. Their little moment at the end feels a little forced even then. I would agree with that. And again, even if it's however much later it's supposed to be, you don't get the impression him and Kirk did a lot of hanging out. But somehow Kirk is already like, it just doesn't feel earned. You know, it feels like it's a forced attempt at emotion that just doesn't work. Mm. I feel like even if you haven't spent time with your kid, if you're a human being, you probably would have some kind of visceral reaction oh, yeah, if someone can't no, no, like, does. Kirk's, he has a reaction. Kirk's reactions are right. Yeah, Kirk's reaction makes mostly sense. But I'm saying well, us, you mean, as the, oh, us as the audience, no, because not we didn't a, not a see bit. their relationship, because we can't... Honestly, we, I'm glad he died. I fucking can't stand that character. He's just, he's a whiny little shit in two... And in three, he's a smarmy little turd who, you know... Likes to watch Savic Bang Kids. Well, I <laughs> to keep saying it like this. He was clearly legally an adult at that point. It's fine. I don't know. He was like four days day old. old. Yeah. yeah, That's also true. It's a Hadn't thought point. of it that way. But even so, he's like 14. He has the, the first mind time of a child, a kid. though. No, no. Well, he's he has adult spot. Here's the thing. He, no, that's, he doesn't. Oh, he that's has true. no mind. He's, he's mindless. Like, that's what I'm saying. He's got the mind yeah. of a three-day-old baby. I don't baby. think he even has that. No, he has nothing. I mean, he because McCoy has all his, his marbles. marbles. That's right. Wow. He needs one of those Aggies. Actually, like, does he know how to walk? Play. No, he does know how to walk. We see him stand there. We see his footprints in the snow. He's a walk and wank. That's what he's got. Uh, walk and wank. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the Grissom. What a shitty little rinky-dink piece of crap ship. One yeah. hit from a Klingon ship and it blows up instantly. Like, I get that it's a science vessel. Did they even vessel. know the Klingon ship was there? They didn't, did they? So they didn't have shields or shit. I felt like they did. I thought did they, they knew they? there was... The, the, yeah, because they... Don't they cloaked? Yeah, but they un, they decloaked and Savick knew that they were being attacked. 
They said, oh, hold on. Hold the phone a sec. We're being attacked. And I get like... they suck then. Maybe you've got a science ship, so maybe you don't give it a shitload of armaments. But to be on the safe side, you give it a shitload of armor and shields. Because you know what the galaxy looks like. Yes. You know, you know it's full of Klingons and Romulans who want you dead. And random pirates and God knows what else. Mm. Also, what the actual... Look, the Oberth class is cute. Until you, Yeah. That's the name of that, that yep. class? Okay. God, no wonder I didn't have friends as a child. I had fewer, it's fine. <laughs> but when you actually think about the ship, how the fuck do you get from the saucer section to engineering? Transporter. You that's... go through you go through the nacelle. Right, that seems dangerous. Water slide. Ooh. Zip line. Yes. Both of those things. Like that's design. A water slide zip a water slide zip line where you go down the water slide, jump into the air, catch hold of the zip line and ride it the rest of the way down. Or vice versa, zip line and land into a, a like, slide. Catapult. Like Ooh. <laughs> Like that is definitely something that was designed to look neat without them actually thinking, wait, does any of this make sense? The Greek glass elevator. Upways, sideways, downways. I think a turbo lift does all that, but like does it like Jake said, it has to go through the nacelle and the nacelle strut. So transporter. And so Ames was right. It was just right, So that's even worse, though. Like a ship that you can't get between two parts of it without a transporter. What the fuck? What if power goes down? Jeffrey's tubes. That's wildly inefficient. It's just. It's stupid. It's a stupid design, and we're gonna keep seeing it because they reuse that model over and over. Okay, I, then. Isn't that the fucking ship Riker served on the Pegasus or whatever? Uh, isn't it an Oberth? Yeah, I'm trying to remember if the Peg... Yeah, it's definitely a little ship like that. But we definitely see the Oberth again in future, though. It's a funny little thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't really have much else about this movie, to be honest. It's yeah. not, a, not well, a lot the, going the, on. It's the, just, the Vulcans were assholes, as they always are. Vulcans are fucking That's assholes. consistent. Sarek comes in, says, Kirk... I'm not going to explain what I'm doing or what's going on, but I need to mind melt yeah. for, for reasons... Well, that first of all, he's like, he's like, party's over, everyone leave. What a fucking party pooper this guy is. Mm. Honestly, I like to imagine they were like, eh, this is fine, Kirk's yeah. kind of boring. They went out a bang an after party at Sulu's. Yeah, Vulcans, they're just shit at telling you what's going on. Because we saw this on Amok Time, where yep. it's like, Kirk, you're going to fight. Okay, what am I doing? And they don't tell him it's to the death. Yep. They don't tell him, like, oh, we should, uh, you know, download Spock from your brain. Yep. And here's the thing about, you know, so if Spock... If one of Vulcan's dying, he's supposed to upload his brain to whoever's around. Mm-hmm. Spock has nearly died countless times. Yeah. When he went on that fucking suicide mission in whatever fucking Space Amoeba episode, yeah. he didn't do it then. Nope. Like, this is stuff they just made up so that we can, you know, make sure to get Spock out of McCoy or what have you. Yeah. <laughs> like, how many times could this have happened now and he hasn't done a fucking thing? Get Spock out of McCoy. <laughs> I wish I could quit you. Push you so much, it hurts sometimes. I just feel like the climax of this film, and I sort of feel like the climax of Wrath of Khan too. We're just super anticlimactic, and I know I brought this up when we were watching. Which it. do you? Which in this episode do you consider the climax? I mean, I guess I the death of crew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I consider that to be the climax, and <sighs> it's like there's a short, shitty. 
very men badly can shot and choreographed fight. fight you know? Oh, that fight. Which, like, I think Chris, I mean, you Kirk's said, getting like, old, so. His stunt doubles, <laughs> I keep getting older, but the stunt doubles stay the same <laughs> age. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that set wasn't cooperating, uh, I hear, because those fucking rocks that were supposed to be jumping out of the ground because the planet's getting destroyed, because Khan is punching it from the inside, <laughs> they, they apparently weren't working, and it was supposed to have a fight that contained more jumping from rock to rock and, like, dynamic stuff. And maybe music, because that would have fucking helped. I wonder if I wonder how much Shatner was involved in planning that fight scene. No oh God. Because I'm sure we'll get to talk about this when we get to five. But originally, Kirk was supposed to fight a rock monster. Yes, yes, I've seen photos of the unused rock monster. It looks terrible. Like a stop motion oh, rock snap. creature or something. Ooh. Like Kirk really just wanted to fight things in these movies. Can we talk a little too about just like how? You know, we like Wrath of Khan, and, you know, and this movie exists, <laughs> um, but how, in, in neither case are we, we're very far from the show Star Trek in a lot of ways, mm. in both of those movies, because, you know, in the show, yeah, there would be fights, but, like, it ought, like the solution often sur- ended up like an intellectual. Solution. It was like yeah, outsmarting the enemy yeah. or I mean, talking. Kurt the, outsmarted talk- Khan a little bit. Yeah, he got him. He got him with you know the weeks or feel like days. Uh, days feel like minutes. Three D thinking. Um, 3D yeah, and, and thinking of and becoming a submarine. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like in in the, these movies and especially in this one, the solution is just punch the other guy until he dies and then kick him in the face until he falls into some lava. Well, you Kurt tried to reason with him, but he had to be all Klingon about it. Yeah. He should have clung on to his foot harder. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I tried. Well, welcome to Caitlin. But yeah, Kurt sorry, has been able to reason with and with not... With Klingons, though? Yeah, remember he convinced uh, Kang to be oh, yeah, have a Kang. party and laugh. Oh, Day and, of the Dove. Yeah. See, I was thinking of Kor with that fucking, what, the, not the Metron, the other ones, the Orgonians? Yeah, the Orgonians. And, and he and Koloth. Orgonians. Orgonians. He and Koloth touched dicks a bunch. <laughs> well, Koloth is a special Klingon. It's true. Koloth is the best. I love Koloth. So, uh, we, we talked about the lack of music in the fight scene and this and that, but I mentioned earlier, I do like the, you know, James Horner is back. Mm-hmm. who I love. And what I really like about this is that he doesn't just bring back the theme from 2, which would have made, you know, many people, myself included, perfectly happy. But the theme for this movie was actually, it grew out of the music that ended Star Trek II. The music sort of continues a narrative, weirdly, like a new theme forms. And then at the end, when the crew is sort of reunited... The we end that credits. techno theme that you love so much. Uh, no, happily, that's not in the credits theme that I thought it would be. But the th- music used over the end credits is then the opening theme that had been from the start of 2. So it's like, you've got a theme. It sort of stops when, you know, at the end of 2 when Spock dies and this new theme moves in. It continues with that, and then once everyone's sort of reunited, the original theme, well, original, kicks back in in the closing credits. It's an interesting sort of... Arc. Yeah, via the music. And yes, for some reason on the soundtrack CD, there is this weird 80s synth and drum machine heavy version of the Search for Spock theme. I don't know why. I'm sure it's on YouTube if you'd like to look it up and wonder why, why, why. 
Is it one of the presets uh, when you get like, get like a, one of those electric keyboards and can hit a preset? Oh, it probably <laughs> is. Maybe it's a, maybe it's a big hit at the most likely cafe. Gene Belcher's <laughs> a big fan. <laughs> Thank you. I like the most likely cafe. Thank That's you. Good. Thank you. I don't get the or cantina. Most likely. Oh, the most, most likely. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Know. Sorry, I forgot we called it that earlier. That's alright. Um, I'm just being a goof. Oh, Captain Fancy Baton, his oh, yeah. mustache. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You want to talk about him earlier? We got on a mustache yeah. tangent. He, um... What a dick. He's a total dick with a stupid baton. Is, is, is he the one that's like, oh, you can't have yellow alert from a... From a in in from space dock. dock. Which yeah. doesn't make sense. And, uh... And, we totally have yellow alert. And, uh, anytime. Robocop's boss was like the helmsman or something, the navigator. He's in Robocop? Yeah. Oh, wow. Wasn't he? Wasn't he the guy? I haven't seen it in ages. It could have been, though, because that is, like, that's a funny thing, is, like, he's sort of a bit part in this, but that's, um, uh, Miguel Ferrer, Jose Ferrer's kid, and he himself will go on to have a pretty good career. He may have been in RoboCop, in fact. Yeah, I think he, I'm pretty, it's been a long time since I've seen RoboCop, but I'm pretty sure he's the guy that was running the RoboCop program. program Yeah, may have been. OCP. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Captain Captain Fancy Baton there. With it. I think it's supposed to be like a futuristic riding crop or something. Well, I'm just I thought you know that he beats his subordinates. I think it was the keys to the Excelsior. That's, That's right. I think you said. I don't know if you said it on the air before. But and the said city. <laughs> he just seems like such a prick. I love how they're like, Captain, come to the bridge, and he just like is like oh, languidly reach a hand out and call them. What is it, you pricks? Mm. Like and I'm, I'm trying to convalesce. Like here's the thing. Presumably, if you're in Space Dock, right, and for some reason Space Dock itself goes to yellow alert, then any ship inside it has to, by extension, also go to yellow alert. Your like emergency's that, not my emergency. That's what I mean. Like, that that's always struck me, even dock. as a kid, as a stupid thing. Like, what do you mean you can't have an emergency in space? What if fucking a Klingon fleet just decloaked two inches from space dock? Because I guarantee all the ships in space dock are the only ships in the quadrant. If that happened, you'd probably go straight to red and jettison mm. Finney. Good point. But you know what I mean, though? You can still have some kind of alert in space dock. Listen, that man's an no, asshole. No, no. He said yellow alert. He mm. didn't say any alert. Maybe maybe you have to go straight to red when you're in dock. Mm-hmm. They just yeah. have a schedule for when they jettison Finny. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's Tuesday. Finny, get in the tube. I also think that the bridge set for the Excelsior is stupid. It in this film. Is it looks like it's they hammered cartoon. it together at the last minute. It looks like like a cartoon fan film yeah. like He's got that ridiculous chair. He's got a ridiculous chair. Everybody has a ridiculous chair with little locking Clamp clamps. Yeah. Seatbelts. Fake seatbelts. It's like they didn't want to just It's a fucking... roller coaster, but it's the bridge. Yeah, I was gonna say they that. didn't want to redress the Enterprise it. bridge yet again, but the end results actually just look cheaper and shittier. Yeah, I mean, for such a cool-looking ship from the outside, the Excelsior bridge in this movie Big is garbage. Big yeah, well, and so you can't judge a book by I bet color. I bet a lot of it is because Scotty sabotaged it and made it look stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like he sabotaged the Warp core and made the ship somehow... Come to a halt in space. With puttering old-timey car sound effects. That was upsetting. <laughs> well, how else, would you, how else would you understand what had happened? It can't come to a stop. It's, it's in space. It's such a rip-off of the That's scene true. from... from uh, it has the momentum. Empire Strikes Back when they, oh. try to, when they try... And he's like, punch it. And it goes... <laughs> 
Same, same but joke. Listen, this is, audiences are dumb. They have to be told what to think, which is why the fact that there wasn't, you know, m- music under the really important dynamic parts of the movie was such a mistake. Yeah, really. Your men dropped the ball there, Chris. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm ready. Decision for whether or not or whether or not to put music in a scene. Is Nemo's fault? Horner was probably already. He probably had a whole thing where Nemo was like, no, no. To heighten the tension, yeah. no music. And Horner probably went, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> have you ever seen the movie M? You should see the movie M. Yeah. Or have you seen this scene? Because I have. And holy shit, Lenny, it doesn't work. Lenny. Maybe that's why he didn't come back to score four and he fired him. For calling him Lenny? Yes. Mm. And also I calling can't... his fight scene shit. Right, yeah, I... that whole end fight. I... The Krug fight. It's, on the one, it's, it's hysterical. There's lots of leaping. Yeah, as comedy, leaping. it's amazing. Because, you know, there's the moments, I mean, it's, it's almost like going back to TOS when it's obviously not Shatner. Like when Krug grabs his foot. And he sends him that amazing backflip thing. It's like, ooh, very good stunt double. Nice acrobatics. And then, of course, there's the bit where Krug falls down to the lower rock and Kirk leaps at him with an, uh! (laughs) Oh, God, it's so dumb. And then, you know, I've said for years, everyone talks about Khan and whatever and all these other Shatnerisms, but kicking Krug off his foot with the, I have had... Enough of you should be better remembered as a moment of over-the-top Shatnerian nonsense. It absolutely is. It is beautiful. It is not an action climax, but I feel it's a comedy climax. Mm, I climaxed. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You've gone far far enough, Jake. And if that, by the way, is now where Shatner's at as far as fighting goes, maybe we should be grateful we didn't get a con fight in two. Maybe we're lucky it was ship to ship. It is is noticeable in this movie, as compared to to the last one, that Shatner's performance is not nearly nuanced as it was in um, Doom Kong. So going back to, I think, what you said last week, Chris, about how you just have to wear him down until he stops Shatnering. I wonder if Nimoy felt he couldn't do that because they're peers. Probably. Maybe. Maybe. Also, he had to, like, apparently, when when 4, when Nemo is directing it, it's really hard because he's in a lot of the movie. In this movie, he's not in a lot. He's in only a couple scenes, but in those scenes, he mostly has his eyes closed because he's on a table. So apparently he was driving DeForest Kelly crazy because he's trying to direct with his eyes closed and tell DeForest what to do. Hmm. Uh, Imagine you have, like, an assistant do that scene. Yeah, you probably should. It's the 80s. You can't just literally get up, go to a chair, and have the rushes queued up right there. Mm-hmm. You know, this is back in the day where you still had dailies. Yep, yeah. yep. You know, nowadays you film a scene, you immediately watch it. Yeah. So it was an even weirder, like, he couldn't see what he'd done until later that day or the next day, which is insane to think about. Can we just acknowledge that the... Vulcan gong operator. Oh god, yeah. Was like a like a very stereotypical Chinese dude from like a thirties serial. Yeah, no, it 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 felt kind of racist. Mr. Moto. A it was an Asian actor and B, like he had It was it was an Asian actor. It was. Oh well that's it definitely was. Well, I mean I guess that at least he's getting But like why was he wearing like the red like Yeah, and the little flat hat. The flat hat like and he banged the gong. Yeah. No, no, I'm not saying that that's good, but I just, you know, I thought, I thought 
he was doing all those things, and he was a white guy painted up to look Asian. I think if it was a white guy, I wouldn't have even noticed it as much. I think because they, like, the one Asian actor. And they, like, hyper-Asianed him up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, there's nice always... work, Nimoy. There's always been a big problem with... In costumes. With, you know, Orientalism and the Vulcans. You know, I, I may have said it before. Mechanical rice picker, right? No, <laughs> well, they meant other than that, but yes, also that. But yeah, like I mean, I may have said this on air before, and I apologize, I'm repeating myself. But obviously, there's always been this idea with Vulcans, you know, kicked in very early. Like it takes them a while to decide what they're doing with the Klingons, but they realized really early on, like, all right, this is what the Westerners think of, like the East. It's sort of mystical, and mm. you know, yeah. they have. You know, they're very logical, isn't that blah, blah, blah. And this, having this guy there just seems to really drive home this upsetting and disturbing sort of racist idea that got injected into the Vulcans and never quite goes away. And Maybe Leonard Nimoy was trying to make commentary about that by his use of this man on the gong. I mean, Nimoy himself, I think I've mentioned before, he got cast a lot as Asian characters yeah, because, you know, he has right. a very distinct face shape and stuff like that. Hmm. One thing I will say about everything, aside from that guy who does come the fuck out of left field, it did, there was a very 60s Star Trek feel to everything about Vulcan in this movie. Yeah. Like, the aesthetics of the clothing carried over from Star Trek the motion picture. Mm -hmm. You know, the robes are very much like the robes he wore during the Kolinar. Oh, but the fucking headpieces... Yeah, but like the weird headpieces, the hats, the strange weapons, the, the, the shape of the gong was straight out of a muck time. Like, right, yeah, the very 60s stuff, yeah. Like, he brought a lot of that along and merged it with what had been established in the motion picture, and uh, so that was kind of, if nothing else, kind of cute. It's like, oh, it's so 60s Trek right now. Do you think it was inspired at all by Gallifreyans? We met Gallifreyans by then and who we had, by right? What? They didn't They didn't have the stupid, oh, no, headpieces the stupid in, headpieces in the 70s and then. 80s, yeah. The Gallifreyans Dr. are Dr. the uh, the doctors' the time people. Lords. Okay, yeah, Go and they have the and they have big robes and big stupid headpieces. Nice. I don't know. I don't know. I do give Talar a lot of fucking credit because for once a Vulcan actually explained what was going on, mm. and she actually tells McCoy, McCoy, this is very dangerous. Do you want to do the thing? But I'm wondering, like, he's go- he's going to go insane otherwise. Yeah, no, so it was kind what's of. What's the option there? Yeah, no, there was none. But what I have time to ask. What, that's what Love I was gonna you. say. That's I liked that he said that because it's like it felt again like he was there at their behest, but didn't really know why until the last <laughs> second. So it was still very Vulcan of them. But perhaps the reason why she was so clear about it was because she also was taken in by his charm, oh. his southern charm, his good looks. Swoon. It's also possible that. Whatever he was being brought there for originally, before they realized, oh shit, we've got a living Spock here, so we could try this right. forgotten thing. Yeah. Like, the original thing they wanted to do was maybe safer. Yeah, just just do a download, say, alright, we got yeah. Spock out of there, you're good now. Like, I don't know if the writers knew what exactly... Because what's clear is, and I, I didn't... Jake mentioned it last week, and it occurred to me, oh yeah, I never thought about this. They didn't... They don't know they're going to Genesis to find a living Spock. Yeah. They think they're finding body. a corpse. Yeah. What happens to other Vulcans that don't, you know, download themselves into a person? Like, we saw, like, the, the I want to say, the Intrepid yeah. from whatever uh, episode of TOS where a whole ship of Vulcans blew up. Yeah, they're just fully dead. Well, that guy they that just, died all their the... coffers are gone. Yeah. That guy that died on the transporter on his way. Yep, on yep. The he's dead. Yeah. But, yeah, so I was going to say was, I don't know if the writers had thought about what exactly, like, good writers would have thought, all right, here's what they are going to do, it's just never going to happen. Mm-hmm. 
So years later, Star Trek will figure out what the hell they were going to do. Because in Enterprise, they established that those Vulcans who die in such a way that they have the time and inclination to mind meld with somebody. Somebody who's not also about to die. Yeah, and preferably is also a Vulcan, and I think their brains can take it better. Oh. Get their brain, their their katras taken out of the donor or whatever and put into a katric arc, which is like a little urn thing that other Vulcans can go to and like meld and they can commune with the shaped, thoughts of the dead. It's shaped, cool. like a, shaped like mm. a water sprinkler with a little boy and the water comes out of the penis. Yep. That's <laughs> yeah, exactly what it's like. That's yeah. where, I don't know where, that's where, where my mind went. I'm thinking that it's like You can a, cut this if you like. No, I can leave it in. You never go in that direction. That's amazing. You've um, seen those, those was, water fountains. Yeah, I have. I, I didn't see in, that coming. I was envisioning both the place where they store ghosts and Ghostbusters <laughs> and mm. also the pensive from Harry Potter. Mm. Yeah, you know who was conspicuously absent from the... Vulcan brain dump ceremony. Oh, mom. Amanda, Amanda. yeah. Where the fuck is Amanda? She doesn't show up. She'll be in four. Yeah, Yeah, I know. She shows up at the beginning of four, so... Hmm. Fucking Sarek probably didn't tell her what was going on. Yeah, Yeah, Sarek is such a douche. He probably didn't. He shows up with... He just shows up with Spock at the house, and he's like, but he was dead. No, she's no. She doesn't even know. He didn't even tell her that she <laughs> oh, died. Oh no! She's like, oh Spock, I wasn't expecting to see you. Hello, mother. <laughs> I was dead. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> Wife. Sorry. <laughs> no, here's how it would go. Here's 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 the Vulcan sitcom that's Sarek and uh, Amanda. An Amanda's sitcom. Sarek walks in. Wife. Our, our son has died and she starts Laugh wailing back. wailing wailing crying crying and then Spock walks in and the, audience, and the studio audience goes Woo! and then she goes Sarah you told me he died oh yes he came back to life fucking <laughs> <laughs> Vulcans fucking <laughs> <laughs> Vulcans oh my god do you know anyone that could animate that for us because that would be fantastic ah uh. Oh, they just, like, they don't know how to tell people things. Exactly. You think, well, I mean, they've been they've been allies of humans for so long, you'd think they'd understand by now. No. No. But I mean, that's at, I mean, at least, at least that's very consistent about mm-hmm. Vulcans. Like, it is. Like, even, you know, in the first episode where we meet Sarek. Yeah, Spock, Spock didn't th- think to mention, like, yeah. oh, by the way, the ambassador and his wife are about to meet, they're kind to my parents. Yeah. My kind of, I mean, exactly that thing. Oh, <laughs> God. You know, I think in order to understand humans and the way they interact, you would have to condescend to give a shit about That's it. true. And yeah. I just don't think they do. I think that, I meant what I said. I think Vulcans are at the peak of their evolution, and uh, I think that's it. They just have no interest whatsoever, and they probably are vexed by having to deal with humans. Mm. Also, you know, speaking of Vulcans being dicks, Sarek is one of the most important ambassadors in the Federation. He couldn't have pulled a few strings... Yeah, to go to get them dispensation to go to to Genesis. Yeah, without having or without having to steal uh, the fucking Enterprise. Okay, but he probably could have pulled strings, but he's a dickhead, so no one wants to help. Yeah, he doesn't know but how to McCoy's play the game. McCoy's gonna go crazy. We have to save McCoy. If he anything. probably tried, and Commander Starfleet was like, <laughs> "No." It's like I'm fucking Commander Starfleet. <laughs> have you seen? My sweet velour jacket. Yeah, Ooh. that jacket, man. Which, how did Scotty get one of those? I don't know. Because his, his name is Montgomery Scott, not Montgomery Starfleet. That's true. Maybe he's the bastard son of, uh... That explains oh. the mustache. Yes. 
The mustache is, is it's a family trait. The seed is strong. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Game of Thrones reference son, for y'all. Today you are a Starfleet. Your mustache <laughs> has come in. Okay, so uh, if Scott is from the north, what what is the bastard names for people in different areas in the uh, different quadrants? Well, there's Welshy. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, Crunchy crumpets. Oh, what do you call them? Oh, English muffins, is it? Ow! <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. It's uh, a sticky wicket. Uh, but yeah, no, Scotty, when he's um, when he's on the Enterprise after they're while they're stealing it, he's got a, a sweet velour jacket, and I think he wears it through four as well. Yeah, he does have a nice jacket. Yeah, he, he, it's a similar. Not as nice Starfleet as Takay's, though. I'll tell you what. Yeah, I would that thing. I, I would. would love I to would have buy one that those. today. It looks yeah. comfy as fuck. I'd buy McCoy's yeah. today. Takay's it looks sharp as is fuck. Amazing. The cape. Nice. That's great. Oh my god, I would fucking wear. Like it's so. It's just so sharp. He looks yeah. sharp oh, as he fuck. He looks great. And also, like it, it gives the perfect swish to his. Don't call me tiny. Swish exits. Star Trek, as far as I'm concerned, does a really horrible job throughout its run with civilian clothing. Oh, yeah. It's civilian clothing in Star Trek just gets worse and worse and worse as time goes on. I mean, have you seen civilian clothing today? What people are wearing? <laughs> yeah, but civilian clothing basically... It, just, it basically no. just goes really to pajamas and stays pajamas. Yeah, yeah. And in the... Oh, it's so well, bad. and kids wear pajamas to class now, so you have Star Trek to thank for that. But, but they're not wearing, shit. like, Darth Vader pajamas. Like, they're just, like, boring shitty pajamas. But yeah, like, this is like... And again, this is a mix of it. Like, Sulu is one of the only good civilian outfits you'll ever see in Star Trek. McCoy's is one of the few good civilian outfits you'll ever see in Star Trek. Uh, Nichelle Which Nichols, one? it looks like, was just in one of her own dresses. <laughs> that looked very 80s. Yeah. Yeah, but what the fuck with that gigantic necklace you looked very out. yeah. Yeah, I, well, I think she, they were trying to do like a cultural thing. Yeah, they were trying like, to make it look like tribal she was trying or some to look bullshit. African yeah. and Takay's sort of kimono thing. Yeah. But what about Chekhov's? What the fuck <laughs> was, was that? Wearing, he was just wearing a jumpsuit. He was like the he little was wearing Dutch an Adidas boy. like <laughs> an the Adidas. R- running suit from. <laughs> wow. Do I have to cut that? Does that no, racist? no. Russians are white. white. You know, we, yeah, it's, it's an. I think it's an accepted and stereotype. They are, they that, are an that, enemy that, of the that, nation. Uh, that Russians like Adidas. Though oh, actually, no. you might want to delete it because when they take over our country, we'll probably be killed. For We're this. already That's fucked. That's true. I've shared that Putin on the Ritz meme. I'm screwed. Putin on the Ritz. I love that <laughs> shit. That's so good. Um... But yeah, no, like, but it. I do, I would not be surprised if Nichelle Nichols was like, they just told me to show up in a dress. <laughs> I didn't realize they were making me provide my No, nah, but it was Star Trek Red. I don't think. No, no, her uniform, but the dress during the party. Yeah, it was like this doing... purple dress. Yeah. Oh, it was very I thought it 80s. was red. Why did I think that dress was red? I don't know. Are you colorblind? I think it was multicolored. Holy shit. Are you, an, are you an, colorblind? Are you an animator for TAS? Wait, are your cats not pink? Is everything <laughs> in this house not pink? <laughs> we did see some tribbles. We did. Uh, in this, in this in the, movie. In the m- most likely cantina. Most likely cantina. So glad that's caught on. I really still don't understand why we're calling it that. Because think... Mos Eisley is the name of the cantina in Star Wars. And okay. most likely sounds like most likely, and I'm just making a joke. Oh, okay. Look at you go. 
I don't know. Jake gets it. That's all that matters. It's not it it's really, all that matters to me. There's not even really much to get. It's just a play on words. <laughs> it's to, yeah. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it's funny. I like Thank it. You, Thank you, Jake. Your romance is so pure. Um, <laughs> we <laughs> see the Tribbles. They must be the ones that uh, can't reproduce because yeah. otherwise they would have taken over the planet. Yes. Maybe they did. One of them was pretty big. Or Mm. cats are a natural predator to Tribble, so they're not an issue on Earth. Mm. See, that's why we never see Mares on the Enterprise. They just let her loose on in the most icy cantina to keep the Tribble population down. That's true. And that's why we never see her species again. They all get diabetes from eating all the Tribbles all the time on Earth. Jesus. Yeah, got The Tribbles are made mostly out of grain, so. Hey, it's eating my grain. Oh, God, those two people playing the, like, 3D fucking sop with camel fighting game. Yeah, which is, like, yeah. And they clearly, the actors were told, all right, you're going to be playing this holographic game, and the ships are going to be about a foot higher than the actors. Like, the actors were clearly looking above where the effects people ended putting ended up putting the planes in. It's so distracting if you notice it. I yeah. do, but now I will. I mean, that's I a notice. common problem with, like, shitty... Yeah. Mat, like, matted-in visual effects. Yeah. It's one of the things that really sets apart uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Yeah. As, a, like, a, a movie that really did it right with, like, eye contact between the animated characters and the human characters. Yeah, no, that, that's, yeah that's how you do it right. I know they actually made Bob Hoskins do a shitload of mime training hmm. to do it well. I thought you were going to say meth. I was really confused. Uh, which, also, Christopher Lloyd, so it sort of connects. I was going to say, can we watch Roger Rabbit and call it a 10 forward since Christopher <laughs> Lloyd was in both? Maybe. And Bob Hoskins. Is Bob Hoskins in Star Trek? No, no he's just great. He's just I love Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he English, was, he, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah. Or is he, he still alive? No, he passed no, away a few years died. ago. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this back. Here's a, here's a, a philosophical question. Mm-hmm. Audiences who hadn't seen Wrath of Khan, do you think they understood what the fuck was going on in Search for Spock? No. No. Not even with that previously on footage and Kirk's <laughs> oh, half yeah. an hour long lolling, traipsing monologue. It's so sad on the ship. It feels like it's been so long and we left a friend. Yeah, I mean, this, rah, rah, rah. this uh, really isn't a standalone film. No. Four is a standalone film for yes. the most part. Well, you got Spock being weird. Yeah, but. You got Spock being weird. You've got them having to answer for their crimes at the end. Like. Yeah, but I still feel like you could watch four without knowing what happened in three and still enjoy it because. You enjoy it, but there would be like whole. There'd be questions. Yeah, there'd be questions. But with this movie, it's just like, wait, what? Why, yeah, who, there's nothing but questions. Why is Spock movie. dead? Even mm. if why you, is this? Who's this child? That's not Spock. Why do they keep saying Spock? Even if you Kirk seen, has a son. Even if you've <laughs> seen Wrath of Khan, you have questions watching this true. fucking movie. Let's be real. Like why? Why? Why did they do this? Why? This is why so did, bad. Why did Krug have to wrestle with the worms? Why did they kill the dog? Why did they kill the dog? Well, you you answered that question, Caitlin. Yeah, John Wick. It's like John Wick, it, yes. So they can have that John Wick revenge. Yeah, you gotta have that. That's what I want. John I want, Wick has taught me you just don't fuck with the dog. I want someone to do a fake trailer like Commander Krug, and it's, you know, his dog dies, but he doesn't then die on the Genesis planet. So then it's just him having John Wick-style violence to get revenge on Kirk. So yeah, overall, Star Trek 3, disappointing, Mm. but kind of 
necessary-ish as a link from two to four if you really kind of want to know exactly what happened. Yeah, and if you really want to find a way to get Spock back because Nimoy, I guess, like, regretted like dying when, when he said, oh, I guess I'd miss this if uh, if I actually left. Yeah, which, you know, also, fair enough. <laughs> also directing paycheck. gig. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's not a great film. There's a lot of... Like, you figure they would have... Uh, I don't know. There's just... There's... So much and so little continuity at the same time. It's mind-bending. Well, speaking of, yes, one thing, one item of continuity that bears noting is the self-destruct code is the same as it was in Let This Be Your Last Battlefield. Yep. Whole refit, and they never bothered changing him. <laughs> and apparently Chekhov knows it just in case, which... He's mm. the, you know, standing science officer. Yeah. <sighs> Probably terrible. Of course, right? we'll have more continuity issues next week. Because uh, they completely change the Klingon bridge. Yeah, which, uh, yeah. Which, admittedly, that aesthetic moving forward will be the Klingon bridge aesthetic. More or less, yeah. But it's a complete drastic shift, and it's mm-hmm. really distracting. We'll see next week. We will. We yeah. will. But yet they maintain the same clothes. Like, yep. Kirk wears the same shirt for the rest of that movie. Yep, that... How bad... Does his outfit stink? <laughs> it started off stinking. Well, right, and I so mean, now. I think at the start of the next movie, they say they've been on Vulcan for like two months. Yeah, well, Spock has to, how do you feel? Yeah, but I mean like, Jesus. But we'll talk about next week how badly all their clothes must reek. <sighs> so yeah, does anyone else have anything to say on this disappointing outing? Glad it's over. At least it's but not the five. the worst is yet to come. Yeah. Yeah. This has been episode 52. <laughs> Holy shit. Of a star to steer her by. Wheels. <laughs> yes, next week, whales. With, with, I think, everyone's favorite Star Trek. Because it's the one that even people that aren't really into Star Trek have possibly seen. Star Trek Four. The one with the whales. I mean, the voyage home. You were at the first time. <laughs> and the weird... Punk on the bus. Yes. Do please find me like our Facebook page, Starter Steer Her By. We are on Twitter and Tumblr as SSHB Podcast. Please subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting application. And if you use or even just have iTunes, please consider giving us a rating and review. Five stars. For Starter Steer Her By, this has been Chris. This has been Ames. This has been Wheels. And this is always Jake. Thank you very much for listening. Why are you wheels? Be sure to tip your waitress. Be sure to tip your whale. Be sure be sure to touch dicks. There it is. Oh no, that is not the new sign-off. At least it's not five. The worst is yet to come. Yeah. Yeah. But we have whales. Yay, whales. It's a fucking wheel. It's a baby wheel. It's a baby fucking wheel. Jay, look at this. Jay, it's a baby wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We should link that video. Fucking townies. I love that. God, do I love townies. Probably next week when we do Star Trek (laughs) 4. We're going to be doing that the whole episode next week. It's a fucking wheel. It's a baby fucking wheel. Is it dead? (laughs) With that. (laughs) This has been episode 52.